Hello and welcome to the Village Church Podcast. My name is John and we are glad to have you join us. We work to deliver our most recent preaching content to you as soon as possible, so let's get into God's Word together. If you have a copy of God's Word, which I hope you do, if you do not, there are some blue ones on the table out there. Please get one and take one, whether it is hardbound, paperback, digital, find your way to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Entering this week into the third of Ten Commandments, dealing still with that first table of the law, Jesus tells us in Mark, what is the greatest commandment? The greatest commandment is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and the second is like it, that you love your neighbor as yourself. And so all of the Ten Commandments boiled down into those two, we see them reflected in two tables, if you will, the first these first four commandments dealing with our relationship to God, the second table, the following six, dealing with our relationship with one another in the fear of God. If you're in Exodus chapter 20, would you follow along as I read verse 1 through 17? And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me, You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Would you pray with me this morning? Our Father, as we turn our attention to your word and as I endeavor with all of my human might to proclaim your truth, I pray, God, that your spirit would use me and speak through me and that it would enable the hearts and eyes and minds of the people here gathered to understand and to learn from your truth and from your word. God, I pray that you would help us to see your words and understand how we may apply them to our life today. And God, as we deal with the third commandment and the holiness and reverence with which we are to treat your name, I pray, God, that our attitudes, our hearts, and our minds would be in tune with how we may be out of line with this commandment. Father, and that we would follow it in greater obedience and bring you greater glory that we would see our sanctification through the work of the Holy Spirit, God, that we would please you. I pray, Father, that as your word is proclaimed in a great many places, Father, that the sinner would be humbled to repentance 
and salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. I pray that the holiness of your people would be promoted, that we would be holy as you are holy. And I pray that Christ, the Savior, would be exalted. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. My goal, fairly simple. If you're a note taker, you can write this down. This is what Pastor John is trying to convey to me today. My goal is to reveal why the Lord's name is so important. That may seem like a funny goal in the church house, but I hope to convey to you why the name of the Lord our God is so important. I hope to clarify what it means to take the name of the Lord in vain, and I hope to help us pursue holiness before God in our use of his name. When I was a child growing up uh, in the early 90s, which some are like, adult by then. That's fine, but I wasn't. And many in the room also were children in the early 90s. Pop culture brought us a saying from television. The source doesn't need to be named. But this saying that I heard and used on the school playground all the time. It would go like this. Someone would call out someone's name to get their attention, and the person would respond with, that's my name, don't wear it out. Now, I was growing up in the 90s, some of you were growing up in the 70s, and there was a popular movie that had that line in it as well. The same exact name called, the response, that's my name, don't wear it out. It's a silly statement from a worldly source, but the thought behind the statement is serious. Don't wear out someone's name. Do you understand that to wear out someone's name means that you're overusing it or you are mocking it? You're careless if you are wearing out someone's name. I am thankful this morning to serve a God whose name cannot be worn out. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, we come to the third of ten commandments. And as with all of them, the prologue or the preface of the ten commandments found in verse 2 is extremely important. It is of vital importance. The ten commandments must always, individually and collectively, be viewed in light of the law giver. We should not isolate them apart from the words found in verse 2. And so to read them correctly, and most especially perhaps the third commandment, to view, to understand, to apply, would you read with me verse 2 and then verse 7? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. A quick note. Some of you are sitting here and thinking, I never do that, so I hope everybody else is listening. My study this week taught me that most of us are doing this far more often than we want to admit and far more often than our truth is trying to encourage us to understand. The truth of God's word is that many of us are taking the name of the Lord in vain, and as I desire in my own life to be holy as God is holy, I pray that this message today will increase our holiness as God's people as he sanctifies us according to his truth. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. I kind of want to deal with this commandment in three simple ways. I want to deal with the word take, You shall not take, later in the verse, who takes. I want to deal with that word take. I want to deal briefly again with the name of the Lord our God. 
And I want to deal with those two words, in vain. It's interesting as I studied this verse this week, just a short little verse, I did not count the words, but if you have the English Standard Version in front of you as I do, you're, you're looking at that and you can see exactly. Other versions say the same thing with different words in different places, but the same exact thing. Words that stood out to me were this, you, your, him, and who. Those words stood out as I, I just looked at the passage, you, your, him, and who. And then the name of the Lord, his name, and in vain, in vain. Those were things that just stood out to me. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. First, take. You shall not take. It probably goes without reason that we remotely understand what this word means. You shall not take. Other English uh, versions, there's only two words here, take and misuse. Those are the two words found in this commandment, take and misuse. It's common throughout the Bible to take means to bear up, to, to grab a hold of and to lift, to take up. So I want us to think about that. There's an action involved in this, to take up. You shall not take the name of the Lord. This is not just like, I'm, I've got it, I'm taking it. It's, I'm doing something with it. The name of the Lord is applied to my life in some way, and it means something, and I am taking it up into my life, employing the use of, perhaps we would say. So misuse is not a bad word. In fact, it's a fitting word in our vocabulary. How many of us simply understand the commandment? You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Don't abuse it. Don't misuse it. Use it well. Use it properly. But take offers us another consideration. It suggests a greater action. If we think about that pattern of biblical use to lift up, to bear, to take up, to employ the use of. Even in our own history as the United States of America, several conflicts fought throughout our history and the common call, specifically those ones on our soil, the revolution and the American Civil War, take up arms. We know what that means. What does that mean? If we say take up arms, that means the men are getting guns and they're going to war. I want us to kind of think about that. To, to take up arms meant we were doing something with what we took up. To take up the name of the Lord, to take the name of the Lord is to liken ourselves to doing something when we take it. When we take up the Lord's name, it is for a purpose. When we take up the Lord's name, it is to do something. And we should be thinking about those purposes for which we take up the name of the Lord, to take. You shall not take. So the verse is telling us, first off, when you take it, there's a right and a wrong way to take the name of the Lord. There is a right and a wrong way to take the name of the Lord. The verse deals in the negative. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The positive would say, you shall take the name of the Lord your God rightly, rightfully, properly. Take, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That second peace there. The name of the Lord your God. Like the whole subject content of this verse is simply our use of God's name. The whole verse, the third commandment, deals with 
God's name and our use of it. And as I speak and as I wrestle with the text throughout this week and coming to this morning, I want you to begin thinking about your use of the Lord's name on a day-to-day basis. Do you use the Lord's name on a daily basis? If you're not using the Lord's name on a daily basis, we have a much greater thing to consider than the third commandment right now. Do you take up the name of the Lord on a daily basis? I want you to be thinking about what that, what does that look like? And it's okay if you start squirming. I did a lot of squirming this week in light of the text of scripture and God's truth. His spirit kind of knifing me at times. The name of the Lord your God. We spoke a couple weeks ago. Yahweh, Jehovah. What is found here, you shall not take the name of Yahweh in vain. That's God's personal name. Not a title that makes him distant, but a name that brings him near. God revealed his name in Exodus chapter 3 to Moses, who will say, who shall I say sent me? God says, I am. He says clearly in Exodus chapter 6 verse 2, literally says to Moses, Exodus 6 verse 2, I am Yahweh. I am the Lord. I'm not going to go any deeper into covering more of that today. We dealt with it a couple of weeks ago, considering the name. But you are going to hear my own vocabulary shift as I approach Scripture and see the Lord God. Because those are titles that at times make him distant, but his name makes him near. And so as we work through Exodus, you'll hear me reference Yahweh often. And that is rightly to the text, Lord God, meaning Yahweh, Jehovah. What I want to bring up here is this. Many of us consider, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. If we think in a worldly context, we're thinking of probably one specific phrase, which I dare not utter and I don't even like to think of. What we sometimes, I think, fail to consider is how the third commandment also applies to the Lord Jesus. And many of us as Christian people are probably offended when we hear people in the world use, in vulgar and obscene ways, the name of the Lord. There's something about that that just grinds the spirit of God in us. No matter how clean or not your vocabulary may be, you might be the type of Christian who simply says, oh, I have terrible language, but I draw a line at the name of the Lord. These are phrases I have heard said. The third commandment applies also to our use and care of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so doing some work as I studied this text, I was reminded of Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 11. It says there that Jesus has been highly exalted. God exalted him and gave him a name, which is above every name. It's Philippians 2, 9 and 11 says that, at, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, when we approach the Old and New Testament, we have a language translation issue. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew, and the New Testament is written in Greek. And so the translation of that, there is a Greek Old Testament. Don't be afraid of it. It's called the Septuagint, or Septuagint, however you want to pronounce it. That's the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scripture. Now, this became interesting to me, and I share it for you to understand the importance of Christ's name in the Third Commandment. In the New Testament, the Greek, the word for Lord is the word kurios. 
Which is interesting. It sounds like the word curious, but that's not what it is. Kurios, the word for Lord in the Greek text. And as they translated the Hebrew text into Greek to provide one fluid translation where you could go from beginning to end in one language, when they translated the Old Testament into Greek, they took Kyrios and they applied it to Yahweh. And so everywhere that you find the Lord God in the Old Testament, if you read that in Greek, you find the word Kyrios. And when you read through forward into the New Testament and come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you come to the word kurios, Jesus Christos. And in the Greek then, that ties the name of the Lord our God in Exodus to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. And so our thought must be elevated to understand that our use of any name relating to the Lord our God is extremely important. And God considers it a very vital aspect of how we honor him. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The name of the Lord your God. In order for us to grasp the importance of how we use the name of the Lord, we must see why is his name so special. And as I thought about this, like I'm not a smart man, As I sat at my desk laboring over the scripture thinking, how do I convey to the people, Lord, why your name is important? I know why your name is important, but how do I convey that? I simply had to let the scripture do it because God is not silent about his name. And so I give you only a few examples. I'll try and speak slowly so you can write down the references for yourself. Why is God's name so important? Why is it important for us to understand why it is important? First, Leviticus 22 verse 2, and Isaiah 57, 15. God says, my name is holy. I could stop right there. The Lord God, Yahweh, says, my name is holy. In the layman's terms, to help us in 2024 understand this, God says, it's not common. It's not every day. It's not simple. It is holy. We see this translated in the New Testament when the Lord, in teaching his disciples, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And what does he say? We all know it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, in the flesh on earth, reverencing the name of the Lord our God because his name is holy. God's name is holy and should be treated with holy reverence. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 58, God says his name is glorious and awesome. My name is holy. My name is glorious. My name is awesome. We have several new babies in the church. We have several families expecting babies over the next many months. Praise the Lord for new life in the church. Parents, you understand the Great responsibility of naming a child. And this is an illustration that I use often. I think it applies in many different contexts, but here specifically. You give children a name. You're endowed that responsibility by God when he gives you a life to bring into this world. And you're like, well, we got to call it something. And so you labor. And if you're my wife, you make many lists. And as soon as you don't like a name, you cross off the list. And if you're me... You just think. You're just like, "Mm, no, 
No. No, I like that name. Why? Well, I just like it. Men and women, they, they go about that differently. And this is the beauty of God putting husband and wife together so that the strengths and weaknesses of each can figure out what to name the new child. And sometimes you just hit an absolute home run when you name your kid. I mean, you're like in San Francisco and the ball's not only out of the park, it's in the water. Like, that's a good, that's a good name. It's nothing compared to the name of the Lord our God. His name is glorious. His name is awesome. I have a Facebook account. It's an absolute waste of time. You can go on there and spend hours scrolling through all the people in the world trying to make their name glorious and awesome. In recent weeks, we have been told who is glorious and who is awesome and their names are swirling around, sports teams, celebrities, you name it. We love to look at people and we're like, man, I wish I had an awesome name like that. God says, my name is glorious and awesome. My name is holy. In Psalm chapter 54, verse 6, God's name is good. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 23, God's name is great. Why? Because we know that wrapped up in a name is all of who the person is. I'm looking out at all of your wonderful faces this morning. And I don't know all of your names, but I do know many of them. And I can hear your name, and I can think about who you are. My interactions with you, my conversations, what I've witnessed, what I've seen. Everything you are is identified in your name. I mean, we live in Byron, which is a rural context, and there are plenty of farm folk in this room. I could start talking about the guy that drives the tractor and has hay and feeds cows, and we could come up with multiple men who fit that description, or I could give you a name. His name is, I could give you a list of names in this room. But everything we know about someone is wrapped up in their name. As we learn about them, it's attached to their name. And God says, as you learn about me, everything I am is known by my name. I am holy. I am glorious. I am awesome. I am good. I am great. Even in his name, he says to Moses, I am. I am. You're all existing. You are eternal from everlasting to everlasting. Almighty Lacking zero strength, never needing to recharge or decompress or process thought, just on the ball with it. Loving, just, righteous, merciful, glorious. All the attributes of God are just all found in his name. Grasping the worth of the Lord's name in light of who he is is sure to elevate how we use his name. The worth of the Lord's name reveals that it must not be taken or used in vain. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain vain. I have two ways that I'm going to deal with the word 
in vain. Its biblical usage comes up with several different meanings. And as I looked at it, I'm like, we could do all of these. I could spend months talking about these individual uses of in vain. Today, I will take two aspects, and they are this. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That is no profane way and no false way. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in any profane way or in any false way. Profane. That is that thought I mentioned earlier. To make common. It's like just any other word on any other day, no big deal. Just just a name. Jim, Bob, Joe, God. To make common other thoughts attached to it, though, to profane the name of the Lord. To make common, and then it starts to get pretty serious, so I'm sorry for how uncomfortable you're about to be. To pollute, or defile, or dishonor. I'm sure, though I have never hoped to be more wrong in this position ever. I'm sure that many in this room have or do at times, struggle with the profane use of God's name, and by that I mean vulgar, obscene use. I just don't doubt that that has probably been a challenge for some in the room. I am sure that it's present here, though I've never hoped to be more wrong. And God's word says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. I want us to remember, why does that happen? Why do we, even we Christians, why do we struggle to use the Lord's name in an utterly inappropriate way? Why do we struggle with that? I want to remind us, because we are stuck in a land of false gods. As God delivers, redeems, and prepares to dwell with his people, the influence of a fallen world comes on us in a tidal wave, and at times we can't push it back, and at times a word comes out and we think, oh, I can't believe I said that. Bad things set in when you live for so long in a land of false gods. And what had Israel just encountered? Pharaoh says to Moses, who is Yahweh that I should listen to him or let his people go? And there is profane use of God's name. Who is the Lord that I should obey and listen to him? Bad things set in when you live so long in a land of false gods. And God says, no, you will not profane my name. Listen, it is this simple, and I pray that this is encouraging to someone in the room. If you are using the Lord's name as a vulgar, profane, obscene word in your vocabulary, stop. You are transgressing and violating the command of God. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Stop using it in vulgar, obscene ways. Don't do that. If that's you, stop today. Repent of that sin. I'll define that in a moment. Repent of that and move on from it. Don't use it in that way. Now, again, I don't think that's the use that probably challenges us in this room the most. I actually started there because I think that's probably least represented in this room. However, even your cute little responses of OMG 
is vain use of God's name. You're not using his name in a holy way when you type that cute little three-letter expression that came from where? The world. You look like them. And God says, my people will be holy. The world uses God's name in vain all the time. Why? The Bible tells us no one fears God. None are righteous. No, not one. No one fears the Lord. They are not living with fear or reverence to God as holy, to his name as holy, but his people must. This is not like get charts and graphs and write dissertations and try and figure out how to do. After the exhortation of God's word in this hour today, you are to walk out that door and not do this anymore. That is what God's word says. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. But it's not just the vulgar use of the Lord's name that profanes it. And this concerns me perhaps the most. When you claim the Lord as your God, you are attaching all that he is to you. And when you, proclaiming yourself to be God's, I'm a Christian, I belong to God, the Lord Jesus Christ, when you claim that the Lord is your God and you say that you will do one thing and then you do another, that is vain use of God's name. And everyone said, oh boy. Jeremiah chapter 34. You can turn and look there if you want. We're going to come right back to Exodus chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 34. We see an example of this right in scripture. And when I saw it, I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, help us. Help us. Jeremiah chapter 34, verse 15 and 16. God saying to Israel, you recently repented and did what was right in my eyes. I underlined that and I put it in bold in my notes. You recently repented and did what was right in my eyes. What did they do? By proclaiming liberty each to his neighbor and you made a covenant before me in the house that is called by my name. But then you turned around and profaned my name when each of you took back essentially those you had just set free. God says, you did what was right, but then you turned around and undid what you did. When you, as a Christian, say one thing and do another, you are using, taking the Lord's name in vain. You, as a Christian, your word reflects on how you take the name of the Lord. Your use of God's name is reflected in your character and in your qualities and in your disciplines. Profane. Oh, Lord, help us. I'm so convicted this past week in my own life. Lord, how I must have transgressed this. And at times, do I still make me aware? This has been my prayer. God, show me if I am transgressing this command because you are holy. And we'll deal with why that is so important in just a second. Profane use 
Don't take it in vain. Don't profane it. Don't take it in vain. Use it falsely. You may think, didn't you just deal with falsely? No, I haven't even started to deal with falsely. False. To use it, but not with sincerity. To be a hypocrite in your use of it. Earlier I stated that when we take up the name of the Lord, it's for a purpose, it's for an action. Did you start thinking about those purposes, those actions? When God calls the sinner dead in their sin, out of the tomb of their sin, come out and raises a soul to newness of life through faith in Jesus Christ. The response is calling on the name of the Lord. When you call on the name of the Lord, we could insert you take the name of the Lord. God, forgive me. I see my sin in light of your holiness. Forgive me and strengthen me to live for you. What are purposes and actions that we call on the name of the Lord? We take the name of the Lord for salvation. Romans says, for everyone who calls on, who takes the name of the Lord will be saved. That's good news. Praise the Lord that we can call on him and he saves us because we are wretched and unholy and he forgives us. Which brings me to my next point. We call on the name of the Lord for forgiveness. Matthew 6, 9, and 12. Our Father in heaven, forgive us our sins. You may come to the end of your day this is what I commonly hear at the end of my day. I, I sit down. It's my quiet time with the Lord. I, I read. I pray. God, forgive me of anything that I've done in my day in any way that I've transgressed my way. And commonly, though I, I hope it's being cleansed out of us as we draw closer to God and his words, commonly, what happens? Well, tomorrow's a new day, and I'm probably going to mess that up too. But, but to call on God for forgiveness for something and not put it away is vain use of God's name. Forgive me, Father, and put the sin away. We call on God in prayer. Psalm 102, verse 1, Hear my cry, O Lord. Purpose and action that we call on the Lord, we call on the Lord for worship. Psalm 104, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 105, verse 1, Praise the Lord. Psalm 106, verse 1, Give thanks to the Lord. But if you do all of these on Sunday, and then Monday through Saturday, no one knows that you did all of those things on Sunday, you are in vain using the name of the Lord. You are identifying yourself here today as someone yearning after or following or being drawn to the Lord God. And if this is the only moment that any consideration for the name of the Lord God happens and you go the rest of this week without honoring the name of the Lord God, he is holy, he is great, he is glorious, he is awesome, he is good, his name is to be revered and feared by his people. And if no one in your life knows about that, you are taking the name of the Lord your God in vain. And the disciples said to Jesus, this is a hard teaching. Who can follow it? Man, as I wrestled through this this week, I, it started to touch every aspect of my life. Do you understand? When you start to consider how you use the name of the Lord your God, every aspect of your speech is going to be affected. Do you know why? 
Earlier I said, oh my goodness, and what pricked inside of me is that's just substituting what the world says. When I was a kid, I used to absolutely be driven up a wall by people teaching, that's just a substitute, you shouldn't say it. I'm like, would you get out of here? I said, goodness. But if you didn't know better, what would you have said? And we start substituting something for the name of the Lord so that we can justify the things that we're saying instead of what? Instead of being further sanctified in every single word that proceeds forth from our mouth. Can you imagine if we were to allow not using the name of the Lord our God in vain to begin shedding like a waterfall over all of our speech, can you imagine how much different we would appear to the world around us? This has been challenging me, my speech all week long. All week long, every aspect. It started with, I don't do this to, oh my goodness, I might do, there it is, I might do this. And, and I'm just like, I want to not do this, I want to be holy in my speech. God says, be holy. That's on me and you. Hey, child, that I've redeemed, that I've delivered, that I dwell with through my spirit, through the work of Jesus Christ, be holy as I am holy. Not one day I will make you holy, though he will. Be holy in your conduct, in your words, in your dealings, in your everyday everything. Be holy. In Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And there it is. If this were Old Testament Hebrew writing, Jesus would be saying, Why do you call me Yahweh, Yahweh? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Christian, if you sit under the teaching of God's word every single week, whether here, there, or somewhere else, and you are never doing what the word of God calls you to do, you are in vain using the name of the Lord your God. When you come here, it's not a display of what dumb thing is the pastor going to say today? What word is he going to make up? Is he going to have a good sermon or isn't he? You are here to sit under the authority of God's word. And I am placing myself under the authority of God's word that we may go out and do what God's word tells us to do. We are not here for fun. This is not a ritual exercise. We are here to be sanctified in our following and knowing of God Almighty. Why? I hope, if you're here right now and you are beginning to think, how do I use the name of the Lord on a daily basis? If that's going through your mind right now, I'm very happy and consider this a successful endeavor on my part. And I will leave the Spirit of God to do only what the Spirit of God can do in your heart as he's been doing in mine all week as I wrestle with it. If you are thinking, how do I use the name of the Lord in my day-to-day living? Oh, praise God for his Spirit working. Why is it so important? Look at the end of the verse. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. I mentioned last week Philip Ryken's commentary on the second commandment. He notes that it's a rule with a reason and a warning and a promise. This commandment is a rule with a caution. Do not Take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not 
hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Or do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will hold him guilty who takes his name in vain. Vain use of the name of the Lord our God is a violation of God's command, meaning it is sin. If you are sitting here, and as I speak, you are under the conviction of the Holy Spirit that your use of God's name has been wrong as you consider what the word is unfolding to us today. The Spirit's job is to convict and to root out that which is contrary to the nature of God. And so if you are here, I say to you, repent now, today. Do not harden your heart. Do not walk away from it. I think I should really work on that. Do so now. It is sin You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless. When you use the Lord's name in vain, God counts that to you as sin. Now, I want to be very careful here. Let us not foolishly think that vain use can take away the saving grace of our God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible does not teach that. That is a false teaching that the Bible does not support. Whom God saves, they are saved. But our sin affects our relationship with God and people in very big ways. It is harmful for us to sin against the Lord. We are not saved. This is an important note. As we work through these Ten Commandments, I hope to make this more and more, uh, I hope to make this statement more and more and keep it in our minds. If you're following these commandments in order to be saved, just stop now. You cannot obey these commandments and earn your salvation. The The Ten Commandments are not a path or a plan of salvation. That's not how God saves God saves by his grace through faith in Jesus Christ and the repentance of sin. So we're not saved by doing these things, but if we are saved, we do these things. We obey because God has saved us. I ask in this moment, it seemed right as I wrestled the text, are you, right now, are you through faith alone in Jesus Christ trusting his completed work? His blood, his life spent for your sin and his resurrection for your salvation. Are you trusting that on the basis of faith alone? It's not, oh yeah, Lord, I believe and, no, no, no. It's never yes and, it's yes. I am trusting on faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of my life, for the forgiveness of my sins. I trust by faith what Jesus has done. Are you trusting in Christ's completed work right now? Are you trusting his substitute payment for you? Are you turning from your sin and obeying God? The Ten Commandments, when they are lived out and followed, show us evidence of the grace of God. You're saved through faith, and you live in the grace of God by obeying the command of God. As we come to the close of our time this morning, I wonder... Do you see the major significance of how we use the Lord's name? It is not common. It is something that is to be used daily, but in no ordinary, no common way. I wonder, 
does your use of the Lord's name affirm or deny your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you calling on the name of the Lord but denying him in every action and word that you do? That's vain use. I'm very scared for you if you call yourself a Christian but in every aspect of your life or multiple aspects, the practice is not godly. We struggle and strive against sin but we should not be making a practice. My thinking has been challenged by this. Every word uttered now is funneled through my brain. And some of you are thinking, not very well. No, that's probably true, but I am working at it. I have found myself over the course of this week unable to speak without thinking, is this about to honor the Lord or not? And I desire this for you. Oh, pastor, I can't be like that. No, I, I don't know if you can or you can't, but I know what Jesus makes available. And I desire for you to utter holy words, that your speech reflects the holiness of God and glorifies him. Are you guilty of the vain use of the Lord's name? Do you profane or falsely use the name of the Lord our God? The Lord will not hold those guiltless who take his name in vain. If the Spirit is convicting you of vain use, repent now and find freedom from that guilt will not hold him guiltless, but offers freely forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. Come, come, let all who would come and drink freely of the water of life. Repent of sin. To violate any of the command of God's is sin. Once we are convicted of sin, the only right response is to confess it and change. God, forgive me for my vain use of your name and strengthen me to use it well and in a holy way. Go before the Lord and repent of it and walk away from that confession and repentance new and changed by the Spirit of God with the help of the Holy Spirit working in us. May we put away the vain use of the Lord's name and be holy. As God delivers and redeems and dwells with his people, let us be a people who glorify and honor and fear and revere the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me today? Our Father, forgive us. Father, forgive us for considering your name common. Forgive us, God, of the vain use of your name. Forgive us, Father, when we profane your name or use it falsely. God, I pray that this exhortation from your word this morning, God, I pray that it has been used to draw those who are far from you closer, if not indeed into your family through faith in Christ. God, I pray, as Isaiah uttered, I'm a man of unclean lips. Father, we are a people of unclean lips, for we dwell among a people of unclean lips. And I pray, God, that your word, that your command to revere and fear your name, oh God, I pray that that would be the angel with the coal that touches our lips and sanctifies us. Father, we desire, and I pray that you would stir within us a greater desire 
to be holy as you are holy, to glorify you in every word that we speak. Father, I pray as we consider your command to not use your name in vain. Father, that we would elevate our speech as our view of you becomes greater through your word. May also the problem of our sin increase that we may confess it and be holy as you are holy. Father, for those here today who are striving against the sin of vain use of your name, oh God, strengthen them. Help them to be able to put down and see this sin defeated by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. May they see your victory, Lord Jesus, over this problematic situation. Father, your word is challenging, but it is so good. We praise you for your word. May we be a people who honor you with our lips, whose hearts are near to you. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you have any questions about anything you just heard or if we can pray for you, please contact us at info at Until next time, stay in God's word.